serious. Then I will break you. Hulk smash! You really adopted the dark. I could do this all day. Welcome to the Title Run Sports Podcast. This is your host, Dave Bethay, joining you with my co-host today, William Lindblad. William, tell the people what's up. Hey, everybody. And if you're new to the podcast, this is the segment of the show that we refer to as Title Theory. It's our little nerdy corner where William and I and sometimes others contribute to the nerddom um, on topics that we love. And there is no bigger topic in all of nerddom right now than WandaVision. Um, I'll just be honest with you, William. When this show was announced, I rolled my eyes and said, yeah, I'll watch it, but I won't like it. <laughs> it's kind of the way I felt about it. And I think you kind of had a similar reaction, like, uh, it's Marvel content. Shut up and take my money, but I don't expect to like this. Is that fair yeah. to say? That, that is absolutely fair. I, I could see where it might may have had some potential because of the magic and all that stuff, but Overall, it was like I don't, I'm not a huge Wanda fan, so shrug. Right. Give me, give me the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or, or something like that, that that I'm more familiar with. So, if you like this, and want to check out more of our content, please follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, we have added a YouTube channel. We've posted a few short videos recapping some of the stuff going on with the Atlanta Hawks this past week, and uh, you can email us titlerunsports at gmail.com. And we'd love to hear your own thoughts and theories and even be and feel free to share videos um, with us also. You and I both frequent a couple of uh, channels that have really good breakdowns. Well, I think I, I think we both big fans of the new Rockstars channel. So oh, yeah. if you're a fan of this kind of discussion, they do some of the best analysis going down to breaking down music, visuals, they're really good. Um, Screen Crush is another one of my favorites. William, is there anything you'd add to that one, to that list? I, I like to look at... Um e-man's movie reviews sometimes okay. uh, he's he's kind of he's kind of good because he he had the whole um double vision theory spoiler alert um like halfway through the season um and it turned out to be somewhat accurate mm -hmm. um and cosmic wonder is someone that i sort of go to once in a while it's 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 a little more on the leaky rumor side i think yeah. and so it's not as accurate with the breakdowns uh, and all the content but high energy isn't he Yes. Yes, he is. A <laughs> um, couple more, just in case you're interested. Uh, Canadian Lad is another one. Mm -hmm. He has good good ones. And uh, drop um, Heavy Spoilers is another channel that's pretty good. Yeah. So all, all ones that are good for us us folks out there that like the, the juicy deep dives. So here's our own version. We're going to try to keep it brief as compared to our normal ones, which probably won't happen. But, you know, we always <laughs> start off with that goal. So first off, recap of the series, recap of the finales. I, I like the way you have it laid out in our notes here, William. What did you think? about the series itself and then specifically the finale the the series uh like like we just said like we we didn't really have a lot of expectations going in mm -hmm. um there was a lot of like rumors and stuff swirling around like what could happen or where where things might go um even the format and the sort of the conceit of the show being like a parody of going through the different decades of popular sitcoms and and uh mimicking those sort of styles and formats um was was weird and new um but having watched it like watching the first two episodes when they premiered at the same time that was sort of like a gut punch because you're like what is this that we are what that we embarked on the word um, i used was disorienting yes yes my wife my, my wife was watching them with she stopped watching them with me uh, about halfway through because she's like it, i don't just i don't i just don't like it and mm -hmm. um i think she was used to more of like the regular mcu straightforward kind of thing but um, I stuck with it, <laughs> thankfully. Um, and 
I actually really, really enjoyed the entire the entire thing. I enjoyed like the the pacing for the most part. I enjoyed like the 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 questions. It was sort of like the when when Lost was good, they were giving you questions each episode, but also trying mm-hmm. to give you a little bit of like hints toward the answers as well. Um, and and I think this overall the show did very well, especially for like the first Marvel content in over a year. I think it it held up its end of the bargain because it was given an unenviable task of here's phase four <laughs> uh here here's some of the stakes for phase four and i i think that it wasn't supposed to have that role but i think it it held it and it did the job admirably um maybe not perfectly but um, going into the finale there were a lot of questions that needed to be answered and yes. and a very yes. short runtime to answer them in and so a lot of stuff was sort of left on the table or mm-hmm. overlooked or ignored that um fans like us that are like rapidly searching every scene for for hints and clues for stuff and easter eggs that we sort of like what about so-and-so like what about this what about that and they sort of like that's not important to the the overall concept of the show and they're like okay but we did get some answers we did get a lot of cool stuff to set up the rest of the stakes uh, leading into phase four of the mcu with the movies and stuff coming later so that was kind of cool um, it, it was a failure by no means. It wasn't a failure by any means. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like I, it was. Yes. It was. It was adequate. Maybe slightly more than adequate. I would give it somewhere between a B minus and an A plus, or a wow. not. Um, let me reverse that. A B plus and an A minus. Minus, yeah. <laughs> um, so right around to like a, a high eight out of ten to a nine out of ten, I would say, overall. So for me, uh, the first two episodes, like I said, a little disorienting. You're trying to get a feel for what's going on. I did not like episode three. Um, I did not like episode three. And then episode four is the hook. Episode four is the prisoner of Azkaban in the Harry Potter series. It's the one that opens the world up and you're like, oh my gosh, this is what's going on. You have me hooked. And that was episode four for me. And uh, I actually loved episode two, by the way. Episode one was like, okay, what's going on? And episode two, I loved the whole uh, way they portrayed the whole carnival. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was creative. Um, Flourish. Then, <laughs> and then episodes four through eight get an A plus for me. I thought it's, they were all incredible. It's yep. one reveal after another, good cliffhangers. They give you just, they, every week you were left just chewing on what happened and not being able to wait for the next episode to come. So I thought that was fantastic. And then the finale left a little bit to be desired for me because I said this to you earlier offline, but to me, every time you write out stories for a TV show or a movie, I expect you to be, I expect you to be Christopher Nolan. Everything has significance. Everything is airtight. Even going back to like the old M. Night Shyamalan movies where everything that was an Easter egg or every piece of dialogue or even things in the scene in the background had significance. So when you bring out a rabbit, and you show him eating an ant, and eating you say a bird, his name is Mr. Scratchy. And you say his name is Mr. Scratchy and Senior Singer Scratchy, and then you don't pay it off. I have a problem with that. And there's a few other unanswered questions that we're gonna talk touch on. And I know some of these things will probably come back up because I personally will get to this later. Think that this is not the last we've seen of the Catherine Hans character, and that was heavily hinted at at the end. But again, you set these things up. I want them paid off. One other observation I want to make, and um, I was talking with G Unit and Scott the Stat Assassin um, through text messages about how there was a lack of connectivity with this series and other things that have happened in the MCU previously to some extent. Like you didn't get the cameos, essentially what we're talking about. 
And I said, this was very much a self-contained story and the finale kept it a self-contained story. They did not go out of their way to bridge this with the greater MCU. And when you think about it, and Scott made this point, he's like, well, you think about it, it literally was as self-contained as it could possibly be. It literally happened in, one, in, a, in a town covered in a hex. So <laughs> it kind of makes sense that it didn't branch out to pull in all these other things. And the connections it did make were forward-facing as opposed to rear-facing. Mm-hmm. So that's just an observation. And I think a lot of the fan um, expectations, like you said, wanted to theorize what would happen. Everybody had their own thoughts on what should happen. It created a little bit of... Uh, return the rise of skywalker scenario where you had your idea of how it should play out and if you didn't get that you may have been a little less pleased with what was still a really well told story especially emotionally good gosh the last few minutes of them as a family together if that didn't jerk at your heart and tugging your heartstrings you are as soulless as agatha so oh yeah I, I mean, I, I teared up because yeah. when they were putting the boys to bed, I have yes. a three-year-old daughter and I was like, I, I don't know if I could do that. Like that, oh man, <laughs> like th- those kids are not going to exist in the next few minutes. Um, and they're just, they're sitting there and they're just wishing them good night. Like nothing's going to happen. And you, one of the things we talked about too, and it's been talked about on several channels is the overarching uh, theme of the show. It's showing the stage of grief and how someone deals with grief. And it's crazy, even going through the commercials showing her progression through stages of grief and coping mechanisms and stuff. So there's a lot of really like deep, deep psychology and like um, other threads going, philosophy and other threads going through the show that are really good. So overall, I'd probably give the show a B plus, like you, like about what you said. Um, like I said, episodes four through eight were an A plus for me. Uh, I would have said this, I would have released the first four episodes together. And I still think that, like I would have done that. I would have released the first four episodes together because the first three are just so out there I think they lost some people. And then by episode four, like my dad, who's a big fan of these, just said he got the first two and he's like, I, I can't follow this. And yeah. um, I heard that first, from a lot of people. Yeah. My dad being someone that's like, loves like the Christopher Nolan type movies. We were trying to figure everything out. It's unpredictable. I was like, dad, you would love the rest of the series because it's not clear where it's going. Um, but moving along with this, some of the questions that were answered, William, I'll let you take over here. Oh, good. <laughs> So, so a lot of the questions that were answered, first of all, we have a Scarlet Witch yes. and that's awesome. We, ha- we, we don't have Wanda Maximoff anymore. We have yeah. the Scarlet Witch and we've been waiting for that since what, Age of Ultron. I yeah, think. yes. And it's it, A, you have the whole Fox and allows him to say that title now, but also she's not just the Scarlet Witch in title. Boy, she's in in full power, wasn't she? Oh yeah, and that's one of those. That's what it's one of those moments in the MCU that I think that they they really really excel at in terms of like building up the suspense and then paying it off. In that moment where um, she comes outside, I think it was episode eight. Yes, when mm-hmm. she comes outside and finds Agatha in her full um, matronly witch costume, um, holding her boys uh, hostage, and she announces that she has a chaos magic, which lets a lot of red flags start going off there if you're a Marvel fan. And B, she's the Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. And as soon as she says that, like nerds all over the, it's like landing a Mars rover. <laughs> like all the nerds are like raising their hands over their heads, like cheering and like, yes, we finally have that. <laughs> you said it. Uh, and so that that was that's the main thing I think the, the I, in terms of uh, importance and priority moving forward. Like that's that's number one. We have a Scarlet Witch. Um, we found out that Pietro, fake Pietro. It's not Fox's Quicksilver. 
Don't which, break this down yet. I want to come back to this because I have a rant. But yes, he is not Fox's Quicksilver. And I, for one, am super stoked about that because I <laughs> I was never on that 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 bandwagon for the. I know it was a big fan theory thing that was coming around. Like he's really the he's really from the multiverse, and they she pulled it, which makes sense. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. But I, yeah. I, I don't like him as much as most other people do. I, he's a cool character, but I think that he had, he started reaching that diminishing returns with the Fox movies about how cool his powers are. Like, oh, here comes another song, and he's going to be going in slow motion while everybody yeah. else around him is frozen. And I was like, okay, that's that's been done twice now, and I just want to move on. <laughs> I want I want Quicksilver to just be dead and and be sad about it and find other cool characters to focus on. And I had all kinds of issues with this and we'll go into my issues with the unanswered questions when we get to that in a second here, but yeah. Um, And we find out that his name is Ralph Boner, which (laughs) which supposedly a reference to the character of uh, Boner in, uh, is it not Family Ties? It's growing growing pains. It's Mike Mike Seaver's like best friend. Yeah, his best friend. And um, apparently the spinoff show from that, which was just the 10 of us, I think mm-hmm. the director, Matt Shackham is his name was mm-hmm. a actor on that show. Yep. So there's some actor. connection. Yeah. Child actor. On that show. So there's some connection there, but the Ralph Boner thing was incredible. That went over like a wet fart with, for me um, personally, <laughs> uh, did not care for that at all. I'll go on my rant about that here more in a second. I, I feel this. I feel the same. I feel similarly, maybe not as strongly, but I was like, like, really? Like, come on. Yeah, um, the Darkhold. It's what we thought it was. That Yay. is the book that is present, and that makes sense. That opens up a whole world of options uh, for future stories moving forward, which we'll come back to again. Also, um, the nature of the hex, William. I think you had predicted that the hex was self-contained. Uh, and what are some of the other predictions you had? Because I'm forgetting now that we did I, this about a month ago. I'm going to go ahead and take a victory lap because I was <laughs> saying from the outset that the vision inside the hex that was quote-unquote married to Wanda and acting as her husband the entire time was a projection of her mental psyche. We were in agreement on that. You're right. And, and it turns out that he is composed of her memories, which is why he responds in the series in ways that he does not, he would not have responded in previous films because he's a robot for the most part. He's a, he's a synthesoid. And so he's very logical, very calm, level-headed. He's not the kind of guy that'll freak out and like raise himself, levitate above the ground when he's having a, a freak-out moment. That's not who Vision was. And yet we see that stuff like that happen all the time where he's like getting drunk off big red gum and, and all this. He's goofy, basically. He has more emotional content than he did um, in, the, in the previous installations of the MCU. And that just tipped it off for me that he was in fact a projection of like Wanda's expectations for how he would be in certain situations rather than him being that person in those situations. And I'll also add that part of what colored his behavior is the fact that he does not have any memories. So the fact that he is essentially a blank slate that's functioning as a infant human noid. (laughs) (laughs) So like he doesn't have experience on on which to base how he should act and react to certain situations. So I do think that might've contributed to it some as well. Um, Monica does officially have powers. We saw her uh, essentially like turn her body into light to, or and absorb the energy from the bullets. It was kind of unclear. Yeah. 
I, I sort of got what they were doing, but I was like, that doesn't seem like it's part of her power set unless it's like absorbing energy and she absorbs like the kinetic energy of it. Or See, that, that was that was my thought. Her thing is this spectrum, like lights, radiation, like, okay, the she absorbed the energy from the bullets and they stopped. Maybe she, she became electromagnetic and like magnetically stopped the bullets or something. Which is fine, but it was just kind of like, we're just po- we knew that she got powers. That was made yeah. very clear, but it's like, oh, okay, yeah, shrug. I'm okay with that. It didn't bother me, you know, okay, whatever. And then Director Hayward, the big reveal was he is not Mephisto. He's just an a-hole. Like, <laughs> he's an attempted child murderer. Yeah, okay. Dude, was that not like, – he just shot a bullet at those kids, a bullet that was nowhere close to either of them, by the way. Mm-hmm. But, like, wow. And they didn't even make it truly seem like he was, like, the noble villain. Like, like they gave some context to Thanos' madness and some context mm-hmm. to Loki's madness, like, where it's – Make him the scared person that's terrified of allowing supers to come in and to damage our world, almost like Bruce Wayne in the uh, Batman vs. Superman story. Make him that, but you didn't even quite get there. He just ends up kind of being this rogue jerk that seems like he's kind of a glory hound. I just yeah. nothing a little redeeming about the character. Speaking speaking of the, the phrase "wet fart." <laughs> sort of like you, you they built him up this entire time he's he's got like degrees lining his office wall like he's yeah. supposed to be the smart guy that's got a plan tricking trying to trick wanda into reanimating a, a vision and and it all boils down to wait i'm defeated no i'm not but gun 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 and like that he it, gets you know. taken down by a freaking yeah he gets he's supposed to be this big bad boss he gets taken down by a funnel cake truck i mean like <laughs> which was very good poetic justice and then darcy just says have fun in jail and disappears we don't see her yeah so this is i'm kind of leaking already into my unanswered questions um things that bothered me who the heck was the rabbit okay senior scratchy like like he shows up repeatedly throughout the season we re- we find out an episode i think of seven or eight that he is someone that is important to agatha no explanation he, she she talks to him, yeah. Like has converse has like a one way conversation with this rabbit. And speaking to Wanda refers to Wanda, or when speaking to Wanda says, "You're finally seeing us, us, us." So like, mm-hmm. okay, so that one. Then Ralph is Ralph Boner supposed to be the husband she's been talking about this entire time? Is that what we're supposed to believe? I th- I think it's his house that she's inhabiting. It is. It is. It's his house she's inhabiting. So I guess she just adopted the the whole fake husband wife yeah. scenario. It, boo, boo! Like not a fan, not a fan. And, and here's my issue with it: you mind f all the fans with the whole Evan Peters cameo thing, but you give it no real significance. After all that. All we find out he's an out of work actor who's broke. We know that because he had over he had overdue water bills, and then he gets beat up by Monica, and that's it. Like that, like you give us this huge emotional yeah. roller coaster of trying to and, and intellectual roller coaster trying to figure out what he is, and then that's the payoff. It's like that's terrible. Like you got to give us a better payoff than that. Like that's, that's like that, casting uh, Hugh Jackman <laughs> being like, oh, he's just a random Australian guy that likes musicals. Yeah, yes, thank you. It's like, okay, and, and they know what they're doing. They know they're trolling people, but like, why troll your fans in this way if you're not going to give it something more significant than he's 
a nobody that's from the town. I just did not like that. I didn't. What was the point? Yeah. What was the point? So, and I'm still trying to figure out how he got power. So the power is something that was given to him by Agatha from the necklace. I'm just, yeah, I'm just assuming that it, it was the closest thing she could get to to actually like resurrecting Pietro. Um, and since he, she said he was like a continent away and full of holes. Yeah. That like that that was like like she could replicate his powers with her magic, but that was about it. Yeah, she talked about doing necromancing. So, anyways, that was a big miss for me. Um, and there weren't a whole lot on the show, but that was a miss for me. And he's a good actor too. Like, yeah, he's you're, you're wasting a quality actor yeah. that could have served a different purpose in the future. I just yeah, and I'm assuming that with Agatha coming up in the future, maybe we'll get an, an idea of what Singer Scratchy is or who he is. Um, yeah, but uh, other unanswered questions. Uh, what happens now to Darcy? Which I'm sure wasn't meant to be answered here. Uh, will we see more of Jimmy Woo? The answer should be yes because he's I, awesome. I really hope we do. I hope he's the new Agent Coulson. Yeah. I hope he's like that guy that's like pops up and across different movies just here yeah. and there. And or give him his own show where him and Darcy solve superhero mysteries as a buddy cop tandem. Somewhere between Scooby-Doo and X-Files. <laughs> Scooby-Doo and X-Files. Oh, God. Uh, so, so, yes. Um, more answered questions. Uh, is Wanda going to be a good guy or a bad guy moving forward? It really seems like she's going to be a bad guy, at least temporarily. Maybe the long term, I think yeah, she's, she's going to come back around guy, to be a yeah. hero. But I think she's going to be one of those one of those superheroes that, like, dips into villain territory for a while for personal reasons and then comes back around when when somebody like rescues her or like brings her back to her her senses um yeah it's definitely seems uh, using the post-credit scene as an example like she's back there and she's like just flipping through the dark hold and mm -hmm. learning all of the secrets this is not a book that that somebody should be like reading unguided but by, by like an expert Wong will be very grumpy if he's already doing this yes yes this is it's like it's 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 almost like just handing over like a playboy magazine to a 10 year old oh gosh be like hey there you go that's all you need to know and like no that's not like that's not how that works that's not how that's supposed to work there needs to be somebody that because that book is basically like physical material evil yeah it's, I mean, it's a book of evil the damned and and this leads to another thing going back to um agatha we do learn that agatha's essential motive is to steal magic from other magical beings you would theorize that maybe mordo could show up because he's like the one that steals magic from magical people they don't deserve it which would have made sense now that we know the full story and how it played out um but one of the things that also was interesting is we're never told where this secret knowledge that agatha has comes from exactly and so the implication that i think the behind the scenes the uh, sorry what a lot of us assumed was that ralph was mephisto or whoever the big bad evil person was that somehow imparted her with this knowledge or gave her access to the dark hold or this dark knowledge that she then used unnaturally she was uh found out by her coven uh one year after the salem witch trial start by date you know it was in 1693 as opposed to 1692 which was the date of the salem witch trials with the reference to June 2nd being the date of the Salem Witch Trials, there was all these clues that she was tied somehow to that and that the implication was that maybe that some evil being taught her or imbued her with this extra power that was able to steal mystical powers from her mother and her coven that was of a different energy because hers was a different color. So where did all that come from? 
yeah, that that was a question that I had the entire time. As I, I was one of those people that sort of assumed that, and I, well, I say assumed, I, I feel as though there were strong hints left throughout the series that sort of indicated, like, she's saying we instead of me, or something like, something to those effects. It, it, it seems like she got power from some other source yes. that was not just her being extra, mm-hmm. extra studious and reading a bunch. Like, it's not like she just stole a book and flipped through it like Wanda uh, was doing. It, it's, it definitely, I definitely felt like we were being led to believe that, like, there was this third party that mm-hmm. was introduced and was like, hey, would you like to know more? Here is some extra cool stuff you can do. And that that was either known or not known to her coven at the time. And that sort of is why her magic was purple and com- compared to blue, because blue seemed yes. to be like the standard magic color for right. all of the other witches. Mm-hmm. And then you have purple, which some people were saying, well, she's drawing it from the dark dimension and, and all that. And I was like, oh, maybe. Um, you which, could, would, you... which would be fine. But then again, how did she learn to access the dark dimension? Because the, the ancient one has years and years of special knowledge and training to do yep. that. And, and, and that was the thing. I, I, I was just being a more simple, like color theory type stuff and was like, well, they're blue it's purple you add blue plus red equals purple somebody might have red magic that they're imbuing mm. you with and that combines together because i think somebody said if you if you like slow down that scene where she's being attempted to be executed mm. by the other witches that you can see like little sparks of reddish orange or whatever can, like around yeah. and i was like and it's basically like it looks like it's protecting her from their attacks while she gathers her senses to absorb their stuff um, and drain them and so people were saying like well that maybe that's like she's being protected by this extra party that she's right. in contact with or this power that she's tapped into because of that extra party and that's why it's purple because red or red plus blue equals purple so that's that's just another random thought yeah speaking of big bads who's it going to be because they didn't give us the characters that we thought they might and i think you and i are both on the same page and saying we don't necessarily need to see this person this big bad character on screen give us a name drop so we know where it's going and i would have been fine with that yeah so we had the options of mephisto nightmare and is it kathon because everybody keeps saying it wrong oh geez. looks like Shathon, but it's kathon isn't that that's, right yeah that's a pet peeve of mine because yeah you it's, get mad about that the the the, the um and I don't usually get mad about pronunciation, pronunciation, no, but to me, no. it's like it's it comes from a Greek word that means related to the earth, because there are um, what they call phonic deities in Greek mythology. And those are like the, the the elder gods before Zeus, before the Titans. There were these and they were like night, darkness, like the, the, the most fundamental sort of representations um, of these gods. And so. In, in English, the word phonic, which they don't pronounce the CH in English when you talk about that, the word phonic in English means uh, underworld. It means related to okay. the underworld. So that makes sense for this character in Marvel Comics because he is both one of the primordial gods of Earth back shortly after the Big Bang when it was like before the dinosaurs and all that. He was one of the first gods here with Gaia, Mother Earth, and other things. He became this basically, basically he became the first dark magic user in Earth's history and possibly in the MCU history or in the and Marvel he Universe. He is history. the creator of the Darkhold, am I correct? Yes. And he, he's yeah. the one that wrote the Darkhold before he was banished or fled to another dimension 
and the Darkhold was his anchor to our reality as mm-hmm. a way for him to okay. return one day when it was safe. So, with him as one of the possible options, <laughs> um, I think that there was kind of an expectation that maybe the next big bad character would be name dropped and they weren't. I know that you've advocated for whoever this character be is being some maybe mixture of Mephisto and Nightmare. Do you still think that could be the case or what, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I definitely think it could be the case. And I, I agree. Like we were saying, like I, I at least wanted a name. I at least wanted yeah. to be the, and I think they came close with the dark hold because if, if they're going to go with the dark hold, it's almost a foregone conclusion that at some point Cthon is going to have to be uh, mentioned at least by name as, as like the author of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, throughout the series before the finale, as these things were being like revealed over time, like you had a lot of the devil references. So that sort of leads you to believe it's Mephisto Mephisto. because he's the quote unquote devil of the Marvel universe. He's the, he's red skinned, crazy hair. Um, making deals with people sort of thing like he's he's sort of like the 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 idea of the pop culture has of the devil and it definitely led you to believe that and so i was of the opinion that it was sort of like dueling evils and so you had like mephisto was sort of like the the secret third party backing uh agatha that she was working with um in the in the shadows and then you have kathan was the one that wrote the dark hold and he's the one that's basically like empowering wanda with the, the scarlet witch powers okay um okay. through that way and that that would because he's he's more of a being a being a primordial um demon deity thing um he's more concerned with creating chaos and destruction whereas i feel i feel like mephisto is more like status quo like i just like torturing people i like things the way they are because i can talk to this person and i can take their soul and i can take their soul and i can take their soul but if there's no more souls i can't take them and so i think he's more of like a status quo sort of demon like he just he deals with what he has he wants the world to continue because he wants business to continue um and i think nightmares the same way that he he gets power from giving people nightmares he gets power from fear and if there's no people left alive he can't have any more fear um whereas kathan is just like i want to destroy everything and so i think they're 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 at odds that way and so you can you could plausibly have two or more of them um sort of at odds with each other especially if you're going to bring agatha back um, in the future as sort of like a she Loki. Um, oh, this goes on. This is one of the th- things to talk about also is moving forward. We, and we just mentioned that is Wanda going to be the villain is going to be one of these other characters. And if Wanda is the villain, what is the crisis she's going to cause? Because one of the things that we both predicted is that this show would end with Wanda losing her mind and maybe ripping the universe open, opening up the multiverse, because we thought this show is not going to end well for her. And it didn't, but she didn't lose it yet. It looks like, though, in the show's post credit scene, that with her going into the astral plane to study the Darkhold and hearing the voices of her children crying out from the Darkhold, that she could be well on her way to being either deceived or maybe even going further, further, further and further down this dark path into this book full of darkness and dark magic. So it looks like that maybe it may take the actual Multiverse of Madness movie for the event that we thought might happen during WandaVision to occur. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I definitely think that we're going to get the the quote-unquote payoff that we were looking for um, in Multiverse of Madness because 
she 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 ended up doing the right thing yes. at the end, like by ending the hex and everything. Which I did not think um, would happen. Yeah, well, I didn't think that would happen either. Um, and she she chose basically to sacrifice this family that she had created mm-hmm. um, that she wanted to be happy with for the good of everybody else. Um, not that she should be thanked for that. I think somebody's like, they're never going to understand what you did for like, yeah, she tortured them for like a yeah. week. Like, <laughs> so I finally decided not to torture you anymore. <laughs> you can thank me later. Um, but I definitely think with the post credit scene, you could sort of see that old habits die hard, sort of, so to speak, with uh, mm-hmm. with her. Because while she did fly away, like she, she wasn't quite at the acceptance level of grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could see with like the red eyes glowing when she's studying the dark hold and you hear the what appears to be Billy and Tommy's voices yeah. like mom help us mom and because because no evil deity of supernatural origin has ever been a trickster or decided to <laughs> lie to somebody or take on the voice or form of something else to trick you um, the Bible definitely doesn't say that the devil appears as an angel of light um, it does it really does yeah <laughs> And so, like, it's it's like it's in the bag of tricks that's known for evil supernatural things to like trick you, like to to put on those like to tug at the things that to push the buttons that they know that will affect you to get the response they want. And so, I wouldn't. A lot of people are like, oh, that's the voice of her boys. Maybe, maybe it is the voice of her her, her boys. Maybe it's somebody using the voices that she's familiar with to get her to do something really, really bad. Um, like release a elder god that could destroy the multiverse. And it's worth mentioning, and this is caught by some of our favorite channels that do the Easter eggs and whatnot. It's worth mentioning that while she is slipping through the dark hold, Doctor Strange's theme song, the Michael Giacchino Giacchino uh, score from his movie, is playing while she flips through the pages of the dark hold, distorted and slowed down, but it is clearly there when you listen back to it which again seems to be a pretty clear indication that this is going to lead her to some kind of interaction with the Sorcerer Supreme, who is name dropped by Agatha Harkness and saying, you've even surpassed him in your power. And one of the interesting things was that you saw, and this is an aside here, you saw Wanda learning and mimicking Agnes's magic as the show went on, mm-hmm. specifically that last conflict. So even down to this, the point where she vanishes and reappears, we had not seen her do that before. It was something she saw Agnes do, um, or Agatha do. Um, the runes, obviously, that she used to entrap her, which was a really, really clever trick that was really well th- done. As she seems like she's losing the battle, and she uses the runes to um, take away Agatha's ability to perform her spells. So she was learning, and I think, and I think that's significant because I think it was showing an indicate. It was an indication that while she does not need spells and knowledge to execute her magic she is a very fast study and a very proficient student in magic and then i think that's followed by seeing her flip through the page of the dark hold in the astral plane mm-hmm. and it's like oh crap if she can learn the thing that she learned from one battle with agatha what is she going to pick up yeah. from studying the dark hold yeah that's and it's definitely i think it's funny um in it's sort of a parallelism way where Agatha very directly was trying to steal her power. Yeah. Whereas in a very tricky sort of way, in a clever sort of way, she was basically doing that back to Agatha the yeah. entire time. Yes. She's like, you've mm-hmm. taught me all these things. That was stupid of you. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm going to use them against you. But this also sets up the potential for Agatha, now that she's been defeated and put back in her place, to actually take on the mental role 
the mentor role that she has in the comics where she's kind of a frenemy where it's yeah. like she's more or less kind of cool with Wanda unless she gets you know something offered to her by a big bad that makes her kind of want to turn Wanda so like she's kind of a frenemy and I could see that being the role she takes on where it's like hey Agatha I'll consider letting you out of this jail if you will help me take care of these things I need to learn or whatnot. I could see that coming back around because that's just such a good character. They did not do what they typically do with bad guys and kill them. They kept her around, which in the MCU is pretty significant because usually they kill the villains. So um, speaking of other loose ends that existed at the conclusion of the show, White Vision (laughs) got back the memories of the original Vision and then bolted. So he's coming back. It definitely seems so. Yeah. Um, it it was sort of weird because people are like, you have all the memories now. Why wouldn't you go help Wanda? Yes. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm going for some me time. So question. With his directive being to destroy the vision and him realizing that he is the true vision, did he go fly into the sun? Like, <laughs> did he self-destruct? No, like seriously. Or is he going to... Is he going to become the new real Vision? Because we talked about ways that Vision could make it out of the hex alive. And in Paul Bettany's interviews, he talks about how he doesn't want to get fired for revealing too much. Well, how would you get fired if you've already finished your obligations yeah. to the show? As an aside, complete troll job by Paul Bettany telling us that there was an actor he always wanted to work with since he was a child. And the actor was himself. Fireworks. Brilliant. And but you know what things like that contributed to like oh we're gonna get this Mark Hamill level cameo at the end of the show yeah the cameo was Paul Bettany dressed in white as opposed everybody to- was everybody was expecting Magneto and Charles Xavier to just roll in every Hugh Jackman's gonna come in and slice Agatha's oh. head off at the end like it was Paul oh. Bettany oh my goodness and he had a very funny reaction when he you know he's like fans are gonna be so mad at me when they find out that it, it's just me um, I, I I laughed at that video when yeah, I saw it it's, because it's it reminded good. me of um. It reminded me of Anchorman when Ron Burgundy says that bad word that they type into the teleprompter yeah. and like messes up. Everybody just gasps and stares, and he just like, acts like nothing happened. He's yeah. like, oh, uh, okay, that's Scott, Scott, Scott. great, great show, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's wrap this up. Um, one other thing that we thought we might see in the show was an explanation for how mutants come into the MCU. We did not get that. We thought with the hex kind of activating pre-existing genetic potential in people like monica that the hex might be what led to the either destruction of the hex or the expansion of the hex might release energy that led to the introduction of mutants in the mcu did not get that um we also did not get an explanation of how they're going to bring billy and tommy back for young avengers don't have an answer for that one but those are just a couple things that we touched on that we thought we might see uh another thing also got to mention is the presence of scrolls at the end we're on scroll search again uh did not get the scroll named, but it does seem like since this is happening seven months before the events of Spider-Man Far From Home, that Monica is going to be finding her way up to, is the, is the space station called the Peak? I think it's I think it's called the Peak. The Peak and having some kind of interaction up there, which you would assume would include interactions with Nick Fury, Prime, not the <laughs> Talos version. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So <clears throat> any other thoughts that you had on those things before we kind of wrap up? Yeah, I, I sort of was suspicious when somebody walked up and said that like they they want you for a briefing in the theater yeah. and then you walk into the theater and it's utterly empty and I was empty, like empty yeah mm-hmm. 
this is going to be a scroll or it's going to be something bad. Yes, yes. And so it's like, oh, it's a scroll, thank God, which is one of the few times that's ever been said. But yeah, it's this is great. I like the setup that they're they having there. Um, there were, I think, enough questions left over whether or not Wanda was in the mountains of Woundagor um, at the yes. end. Yes. Um, with her with her Darkhold, which is the worst place you can take the Darkhold because that's in the comics. That's where they when Cathan tried to come back. That's where they buried him oh, uh, in an interdimensional okay. portal under yeah. Mount Woundagor. And so that's yeah, that's the worst place you can do that. And it's it's looking like have a multiverse by by Doctor Strange, and uh, it's going to be imperiled by a recently graduated Wanda <laughs> Maximoff. And, and what's interesting now is we have two weeks to wait, thank God it's not longer, to see <laughs> um, Falcon Winter Soldier, another show that did not interest me at all, and it's I love Winter Soldier. I don't find Anthony Mackie's Falcon character to be very interesting, and I like him as an actor. I've just never found his Falcon character to be very interesting. Um, the two of them together, from what I've seen in the trailers, like they have really good chemistry. And if WandaVision can go from being a show that I was like, I'll watch it reluctantly to blowing me away, it's some of the most captivating and original television anything anybody's ever seen. We've never seen anything like this show. Not, I mean, I can't think of anything like it. We've seen. Then I, I have high hopes for Falcon Winter Soldier. And I'll be interested to see if they take any steps towards bridging the events of WandaVision with what's coming next. And part of the suspense is that we don't even know when Falcon and Winter Soldier is taking place. Uh, Falcon, we don't know when Falcon and Winter Soldier is taking place. Is this after the events of Spider-Man Far From Home? Is this between WandaVision and that? Um, we don't know. So that's also a really significant part. We do know it takes place after the events of Endgame, obviously. But that's that's extent of what we know. So I mentioned seeing what steps they take to bridge this. And I don't even know how long the series is. Do we even know how many episodes it's going to run for? I I believe it's six episodes, okay, but I believe okay. each episode is is longer. It's more of like an hour-ish length okay. for each one, like a drama series, um, more than than Wanda was like a thirty-minute-ish mm-hmm. episode each. Um, but I, I'm actually looking for. I I think whereas everybody expected WandaVision to usher in the mutants, I think we're going to get our first glimpses of quote unquote mutants, um, perhaps in um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier because of the locations they're going to be in like Madripoor, which is yeah. heavily related to the X-Men comics um, and things like that. I think we're going to, we might not get like outright reveals, yeah, but definitely at least like a name dropper here, something here and there. Um, maybe something like a weapon X <laughs> reference or, or something like that. All right. So William, in summary, give me like your last closing thoughts on WandaVision in like 30 to 45 seconds. Uh, it was great. It was super original. I think that the MCU needed it uh, to break out of sort of like the superhero mm-hmm. action movie mold. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's going to probably continue a little bit with uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier with uh, sort of the Winter Soldier vibe from the movie of like a spy thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, we have the Scarlet Witch. We have the Darkhold. We have a bunny rabbit with a name that we don't know what it is and we want to find <laughs> out. And it might release Agatha from her um, punishment early yeah. um, if it's magical. Um, we have Elder Gods, perhaps demons coming. Uh, multiverse how it will be imperiled we don't know maybe wanda maybe something wanda calls up um dr strange will probably fix it that'll be great <laughs> uh but yeah it was it was a great time and i think it did a good job of uh setting up the rest of the mcu i think the best news is for us uh marvel fans is that if this is the quality of television product we're going to get we can live with one movie here and i yep. say that just to say that like 
if they're going to put this much production quality, because the special effects at the end of that episode were fantastic, blockbuster quality, and this kind of thought into the plot and character development, as fans of the Marvel comic book universe, we are going to really enjoy the next couple of years of content. Oh, this this year especially because we have we mm-hmm. had WandaVision, we have Falcon and Winter Soldier, we have Loki, we have mm-hmm. uh, the What If series coming out, mm-hmm. the animated one. We've got Black Widow finally coming out, the Eternals, uh, Shang Chi. Like we, we, this is going to be a ridiculously con- like dense Marvel year for us, and it's going to be great. And God willing, the movie that I've been waiting for for years will hopefully show up in theaters, and that is the Lord of the Rings of science fiction dune itself we'll be back to talk about that again (laughs) in the near future well folks that's dave bethay and william lindblad the title run podcast william tell the people adios flourish (laughs) that's it for today thank you for listening